0: International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live Bible answer program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a question on the Bible or the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 827 5276. That's 1 Ask CSN. Now let's get things started. Here's today's host.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we wrap up another week of answering your questions on the Bible, the Christian faith, current events. I'm Scott Parker, and I'm in today for Mike Kessler, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Festus, Missouri. And I'm also the Bible teacher on a Word for the Church radio program that can be heard here on CSN on Saturdays and Sundays, Saturday, 10 a.m. Central Time and Sundays at 6 p.m central time. And uh, it's a joy to uh, share the teachings from our church with our CSN listening audience. And it's also a tremendous joy uh, to be with you here on To Every Man and Answer. And so if you have a question today, give us a call. We've got lines open. That number is 8888-ASK-CSN, 8888-ASK-CSN. And that is, uh if we translate that that, that number out, it's 827-5276. 888-827-5276. 827 5276 And with me today on the program, as most Fridays, we have the founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute. And that is none other than Mr. Brad Dakis. Brad, it's great to have you on the program today.
2: Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Yes. I know that you're very busy. And uh, so we are so grateful and thankful for you uh, to take time out of your schedule to join us here, uh, even as you are today on the road and uh, taking that time uh, to answer questions with us. And um, so, uh, Brad, tell us, I know a lot of our listeners know about you, know about your ministry, what you guys do at the Pacific Justice Institute, but there may be some tuning in today. They're not so familiar And so we'd like to let them know, what is it that you all do at PGI?
2: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, Scott. Yeah, Uh, we have Pacific Justice Institute. We're a Christian legal organization, and we defend religious freedom, uh, parental rights against the government, uh, the sanctity of human life. Uh, We do it all without charge. And what makes us really unique is that, uh, well, first off, we have uh, offices all across the country now. We have 36 offices in 29 states, affiliate attorneys in in, uh, in all states across the country. Uh, we do all our work without charge. And we work hard to make sure, we don't just cherry pick a few high profile cases. We work hard with the ministry heart to make sure that everyone gets help. that No one's left on the side of the road. That's our commitment. That's what we're about at PJI. And uh, God is blessing that. And I just want to let people know out there that, if they'd like to become a part of our team at PJI, uh, either they'd like to get our, our free uh, e-newsletter, The Legal Insider, to keep up with our many cases. We have over 220 cases in active litigation. Um, they can get that at our website, pji.org. Uh, also, with this month of January, we have a, a matching gift campaign up to $500,000, and people can participate in that as well. Um, they can do that just by going to our website, pji.org and for every uh, commitment for monthly support it'll be matched dollar for dollar for each of the 12 months of 2024 uh not just january the entire the entire year so we're really excited about that and uh anyone who feels led to i encourage them to go to that our website pji.org most importantly if you need help if you need legal resources we have a lot of great empowering resources like how to protect your kids from being taken by social workers uh, that happens so fast and so quick for uh, all kinds of crazy reasons. Um, and also Or how to protect your, chin, uh, your child in a classroom uh, by uh, using our opt-out forms. Uh, we have just a lot of great resources. I encourage people to take advantage of that at our website, once again, pji.org. It's
1: P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute.org. Fantastic. And, Brad, thank you so much for the work that you do there. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, incredible to me. Uh, that a man of, you know, your stature as far as your training and, and, uh, all that you, you know, you did to become an attorney, uh, that you would just give all that to Jesus and, uh, fight for, uh, you know, Christian liberties here in America. And, uh, I just want to say thank you for that. And uh, you and others like you are certainly modern-day heroes of the faith in the church today. We need you greatly, and thanks for all that you do and all the your associate attorneys uh, that help you out there at PGI. We appreciate them. And so right now, Brad, what what is some of the pressing things uh, that PGI is working on that's in the middle of litigation uh, that you're seeing come up here in our country right now?
2: Yeah, uh one of the issues that we're having to litigate on more than one front is dealing with the pronoun issue uh mm. in the public schools. Uh teachers being told they have to use certain pronouns. Uh you know, what teacher who honestly loves a child would want to ever occur, encourage and affirm confusion, much less confusion that we know statistically will lead them down a path of death pro- probably before the age of 30. I'm not making that up. That's those are stats. Wow. Uh, because of depression and unresolved depression is leading to suicide. No loving teacher would want that. Yet that's what states are, are mandating. Uh, they're encouraging and mandating school districts to lie to parents. We've got a case in New Jersey involving that, another one in Oregon, um, You know, teachers having to, to lie or use pronouns in California. Uh, so this is happening across the country. Now we're also seeing a lot of children being taken uh, by social yeah. workers. From families, not because they're abusive, but they're being they're being taken because the parents are Christians and are not willing to encourage confusion in their child. So the social workers will take them and the government will say, OK, yeah, we'll we'll affirm confusion and um and we'll really mess them up. And then we'll start giving them injections and surgery, which will be result in permanent sterilization. Uh, it is horrific. It's like something out of a sci fi movie. But it's the United States of America, and it's happening yeah. in, in many states across the country, particularly blue states. Uh, but even in in some cities in in red states, we're seeing some of these um some some terrible
1: things happen as well. Wow, that is just incredible! It is just incredible um, how we have just lost, um, uh, you know, our uh, moorings here in America when it comes to um, things that are right. Things that are biblical. Um, you know, it reminds me of the book of Judges when it says that every man just did what was right in his own eyes. And it feels like a lot of times that in America, we're either there or we're, we're going there, uh, with these type of things. And, uh, it's also amazing to me how, um, in, in these kind of issues, Brad, we, it, you know, we do like what the apostle Paul said in Romans one, we just leave what is natural. You know, God has created everything, in, including us, uh, in a certain way, and he knows how we thrive and how we uh, operate best because he made us. And when we move away from the natural uh, order of things that God has created, such as, such as all of this, such as transgenderism, homosexuality, uh, and, and we get into all of these things, Um, it really, it really is scary because it really shows you, uh, as you go back and look at Romans chapter one, where America has really gotten to. Um, and we've gotten to that place, uh, where we are very close. If we're not there already, where God says, I've, I gave them over to what they wanted. And in that portion of scripture, he talks about, uh, you know, um, leaving the natural use of the body. He talks about, you know, God has created us a certain way and there's, there's, you know, nature <laughs> tells us, um, even, uh, what is appropriate and not. And Brad, it's amazing, isn't it? To, to see how these young minds, um, are being, uh, twisted and they're being poisoned, um, by the affirmation of adults in their life, um, to believe this sort of thing. And um, so, Brad, what do you think here in America? What do you think we can do uh, to turn the tide of this?
2: Yeah, well, one thing is homeschooling. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the the, the biggest contributions contributors to this confusion uh, is very evident. It's in public schools. It's government Mm -hmm. schools run by teachers unions, and they are totally beholden to the radical uh, LGBTQIA plus whatever agenda uh and it's 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 harmful it's damaging uh they think they're doing a great thing they're they're blind um but they're 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 killing it's it's turning public schools into spiritual death camps uh that's what that's a coin I, a term i came up and coined because i think it's so well uh depicts what public schools have become spiritual death camps in uh, in many if not most public schools across the country so i encourage parents to to look into uh homeschooling, and then for churches just to to start church homeschool co-ops because you know, Pastor Scott, the reality is a lot of parents out there they don't feel comfortable homeschooling on their own or they both work right. or the single parent mom and she has to work or so these homeschool co-ops involve parents working together in a church and uh, and they can help uh, help in those areas and 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 uh, with those those situations so that these kids will have an opportunity to have something other than public education. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a, a major, uh, element right there. And of course, a lot of, uh, red States, if you will, are adopting school choice, uh, Mm -hmm. which is going to help a lot of parents have the final say as to uh, how their child is trained and they can put their child at a private Christian church run private school. So, uh, those are some real positive things, uh, moving in the right direction that are, are very encouraging. And then of course also parents limiting their child's exposure to things like TikTok. tock uh, you know, parents out mm-hmm. there, they're not going to be the most loved by their kids when they say, mm, yeah, we don't want you going to this app or, or tick tock or this or that. Uh, but parents need to uh, need to really be uh, very clear with that. They need to uh, have their child, not look at their laptop or their cell phone. Um, you know, I, I encourage parents not to let them have a cell phone, let them have a, a flip top one where you have, some phone numbers, um, and, and texting, you know, maybe, you know, uh, they don't, there's just a lot of things that parents can do that need to really, uh, get involved in controlling the input. And that includes parents that are homeschooling that, uh, may not even be aware of what their child is being exposed to.
1: Wow. And, you know, uh, Brad, that reminds me, that's, that's wonderful advice. I think that is, is definitely, uh, a huge part, um, in changing the, the, trajectory of our nation. Um, and I forget who it was that said it. You might know this, but they said uh, the education of children in one generation uh, will determine the morality in the next. And um, that is very, very true. And I I believe, again, for a large part of what we're seeing right here in America, uh, this is what's going on. And uh, I agree with you. We can, we can turn the tide of all of this. You know, uh, we have two sons. We homeschooled our uh, youngest son beginning in, I think it was the fourth grade, uh, because of things that the public school was allowing, uh, that was so inappropriate in a sexual way. And so we pulled our son out and, uh, you know, for my wife and I at that time, um, you know, it was a big step for us and, uh, it was very intimidating, but it was, it was just that it was having homeschool parents around us. Um, showing us how feasible and, and possible this was, and uh, after homeschooling our our youngest son, um, you know, I believe in most cases, I do believe that there really is no one better to educate our children uh, than than the parents. Uh, I really do, and uh, we appreciate Christian school teachers uh, who are both in public schools and in private schools. We appreciate them so much. There's a work to do there and, uh, they, they, they need, they need to, to be there and do that work. Um, you know, on our, uh, leadership team here at church, we have a, a young man who is on the school board, uh, of the local school board here in our area. And so we need to make an impact in that area. But, you know, when, like you said, Brad, when it comes to homeschooling, um, that is a very important part that a lot of people are intimidated to get into. So do, do you have on your website, uh, do you have, uh, any, uh, resources that can, uh, talk to that issue, uh, if people want to get some more information.
2: Yes, yes, we do. They can just go to our website, P J I dot And then click under parents mm-hmm. and, uh, the parents box. And, uh, it'll talk about some, some of these resources and, uh, also churches for the church homeschool co-ops information. Uh, but, uh, yeah, parents, um, you know, we, the things have changed and the, st- the studies are showing that uh, children are leaving the faith uh, dramatically. You know, I also encourage, you know, churches and private Christian schools, uh, to, and, and parents to have, uh, apologetics training uh, for children to know why they believe what they believe. Uh, because if they don't have that kind of foundation, they're going to get diced and sliced when they go to college. Even a, a lot of quote unquote Christian colleges, uh, they're, uh, you know, Schools that you thought were solidly Bible schools like Wheaton, uh, for example, you know, you had four out of five of them voted for a pro abortion president, um, mm-hmm. you know, not too long ago. Things are, are not what they seem, even among the Christian rank and file. Uh, so parents need to make sure their kids are trained with apologetics, which, which is training about, you know, why they believe what they believe. Uh, what, to what extent does logic, uh, does science, does history, does the evidence support Jesus risen from the dead that supports the necessity for a creator, uh, for creation to exist and, um, and the, and the, uh, the validity of scripture and why we can count on scripture and the evidence and reliability of, of scripture. Those are fundamentals that every kid, should, I think, should be taught. And then also I would recommend, uh, private Christian schools, ideally public schools too. Uh, but I don't, I don't really trust them to do this or do it correctly, but to have private Christian schools, um, or home schools uh to also teach uh young young you know boys and girls in uh 6th grade uh 7th grade uh the basic all the all the differences the biological differences between a male and a female uh and not just in terms of of plumbing if you will or reproduction but also in terms of muscle structure skeletal structure uh, the function of the brain the function of the the male eye versus the female eye um you know there's so there's such a major distinctive difference in so many ways. And I believe that if our young people learned that and had a real clear understanding of that, uh, along with the statistics with regards to those who go down that avenue of, of, of gender identity confusion and, or, and, uh, and then participate in gender distortion, um, you know, they need to know this, the stats, the reality. Um, these are not happy people. And, uh, and, and so many of them are coming out and, and wish or regretting what they've done. So I encourage uh, that to also, that needs to happen so that kids at a very young age can see uh, the implausibility, uh, the fantasy of trying to, quote, change your gender. It's not even possible. Every cell in your body is unanimous. Um, they can, they, you can't change your brain. Uh, males are, are centered on the left side of the brain. Uh, women are centered on, every single time, centered on the right side of the brain. Uh, we have different size brains. Males have uh, different, uh, and, and females have different white matter to gray matter ratios, which mm-hmm. dramatically affect how our brains process and function. So um these are just some of the things I think educating them early on could be very helpful.
1: Fantastic. And so, again, that website is PJ, I'm sorry, PJI.org, and you can find information yes. there to help. And, Brad, we've got some calls, so let's go ahead and go to the phones and, uh, again, that number, 8888 Ask CSN, that's 888 827 And we're going to go to Donna in California. Donna, welcome to the program. Hi. Hello. How can we help you today?
3: Well, um, my daughter, uh, is dying of, uh, ALS and, um, she's, uh, to the stage now where she's lost uh, everything except her voice and she's still able to swallow uh, and mm-hmm. speak. Um, and we've talked about hospice and um, she doesn't wanna be too fed And um, <clears throat> I talked to her about it and I'm in support of her, whatever her decision is. I don't want her to see her suffer any more than what she already has. Um, mm-hmm. Would we be messing with God's timing if uh, we just ask hospice to make her comfortable and let her go?
1: Okay. Well, Donna, um, our heart goes out to you. Um, I, I, I don't believe there's anything in this world um, that a person could experience Uh, then having to witness and, uh, see their children, uh, go to be with the Lord before we do. And so our heart goes out to you. And before we let you go, after we answer your question, we want to pray for you and we want to pray for your daughter, uh, especially. And so, uh, please know that uh, right now, all the CSN listeners, um, I'm sure the same, I can say the same for them. Their heart goes out to you and we want to ask them to pray. Uh, for your daughter as well. And so, uh, Donna, again, I can't imagine how you feel. Uh, I've never been in that position. It, it is so very difficult. Um, and so, um, can, can I ask, can I ask this? Uh, when you say just allow hospice to, to make her comfortable and to let her go, uh, is she on some sort, um, of support with machines or something to, to keep her alive?
3: No,
1: not yet. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, Donna, you know, I don't see, I don't find anything biblical, um, that would keep you, uh, from allowing her, uh, if nature takes this course in her body, uh, to leave this world. Um, I don't see anything in the Bible that would, uh, you know, refrain you from allowing that to happen. Um, you know, even if she was on life support and the, there was the prognosis was that this is going to be it. Um, I don't see anything wrong, uh, with that call being made that, Hey, um, you know, we just want hospice to keep her comfortable until the Lord takes her. Um, you know, when we look in the scriptures, we see that the Bible makes it very clear, uh, that God is the one who has ordained all of our days. It says, Uh, in the Psalms that he has written all of our days in his book before there was one of them. And, um, and we believe God is in control of life and death. And, um, so, you know, what, what I would not be agreeable to because of scripture, of course, would be something like euthanasia. Um, you know, um, causing, causing death to happen. Um, in that way, uh, I believe that's unbiblical. I believe that's equal to murder. We, we don't want to do anything like that. But as far as letting nature take its course, I don't see anything wrong with that. So Brad, I'd like for you, before we pray, uh, for Donna and her daughter, uh, I'd like for you to weigh on in on this, you know, because I mean, I'm sure you can give us some insight on, you know, what's, what's legal. Uh and then also, mm-hmm. you know, as I shared already, just the moral and and biblical aspect of this.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, the the law uh is has always been and also the, the medical law has always been to that uh to you know preserve life, you know, to save mm-hmm. life, uh, you know, without question. However, uh there are many in the medical profession philosophically that are um just who've embraced the, the, the term the quality of life. As a justification for someone's, uh, induced, uh, you know, death and, and death, you know, happening. Um, and that's, that's a real, uh, it's a whole nother issue, but where you're talking about someone who is, um, who is already, you know, they're, uh, you know, this is, they're going downward. It's not because they're going to be, uh, handicapped. So therefore we're going to, you know, terminate them a, a few months after birth and, or something like that. Um, here we're talking about someone who's already, in the process of passing, and uh, and having them as comfortable as possible, I think is real important. Um, you know, sometimes we as Christians will, and people just in general will want to uh, someone to to do everything we can to have them stay a around as long as they can, as opposed to to letting nature take its course. And uh, sometimes uh, that can be a very uh, very uh, uncomfortable uh, for everyone uh, in, in the end to to artificially uh, you know keep their heart beating. Uh, when their are when their body is wanting to, to shut down, wanting to, to release the spirit and, um, and the soul. So, uh, yeah, so that's, I think that's, uh, that's something you definitely have freedom to do. I'll just share, you know, when my dad had lung cancer and he was, you know, going to be passing away, um, you know, they, uh, you know, he was reaching a point where he was going to be basically strangling to death. It was, it was going to be a very, very, um, uncomfortable exclamation mark, a uh, whole process that so was going to go on for uh several days. The doctor said, so this is where we're at. And, um, and my, you know, my dad, he opted, he says, uh, you know, go ahead and, you know, increase the morphine until let's, you know, expedite this process. So the next three days are not just a, a, a torture, experience that I have to, to go through. Um, and, um, and that's actually, it was a very, uh, humane thing because, um, Although we want people to be around, it's it's important for us and love to do what's what's uh, what's best for them, and and um, and letting nature take its course is often the best answer. So, okay. And, um. So anyway, if, if, you, if, you, if I if I can pray, I I love to pray for, for you. Yeah. In that please situation. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do Father. That mm-hmm. Father, we lift up this family, Lord God, and um and all the the, the just all the uh, the pain, Lord God, that they've gone through. Uh, emotionally and physically, and uh, and to 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 experience what's what's going on, Lord, um, Father, you're uh, even when even when things are so just seemingly unbearable, Lord God, through your through your peace and your grace, Lord God, you can uh, we can bear. And Father, we pray, Lord, for that 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 supernatural peace, Father, that comes through your Holy Spirit, Father, we pray that that peace uh, to an assurance to be upon her and as well as her her daughter. And our family and uh we uh pray Lord God for your for your time uh to to come at, at at your time and and uh and for it to be uh uh something that we can uh not to have to, to doubt or to question, Father. We pray for um, you know, if you we know Lord God, you can do miracles, um, Lord God, and we uh we open that up to you, Father. We Uh, we, uh, we, we, uh, we know all things are possible. If you wanted her to have a miracle, you could, we also know, Lord God, that, um, is appointed for all to die once. And and then we're to, to pass on to, to be with you, Lord. And, uh, uh, and so we, right now, uh, we, we recognize that as, as, uh, a natural part of the process. And we, uh, just, uh, once again, pray for your peace and, uh, and just your assurance and your, uh. Uh, just this, this, the closeness uh, of your of your presence, Father, uh, as they uh, go through this time uh, at, at at this moment, and we uh, uh, know that you can give that peace that surpasses all understanding and comprehension. And let it be a testimony, also, Father, uh, to those around them. Uh, Lord God of the hope that is within us as as believers in Jesus, and uh, we thank you for for what you're going to do. We pray for you to be be glorified in this situation,
1: in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brad. Donna, thank you so much for the call. And we will continue to pray for your daughter, for the Lord's will to be done in her life and for peace again for you and the rest of your family. Thank you for the call. And if you would stick on the line and folks at CSN there have some things they'd like to send to you. And we'll be right back after these words with more to every man
3: and answer. Babies in their mother's womb could speak. What would they say? Did you know an unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks? By five weeks, you can hear their heartbeat on ultrasound. And that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. The heartbeat is the voice of the preborn, and you can share their voice in a
0: big way. I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry, and it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever.
3: Preborn is the nation's largest provider of free ultrasounds and every day they rescue 200 babies lives. Will you speak for those who cannot speak for themselves? To find out more about the life-saving work of Preborn, visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-B A B Y. All gifts are tax deductible and Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Your love can't save a life.
4: You know these days so refreshing to get some good news about how to pay for health care, especially if you're 65 or older, you know just how brutal costs can be. Well, MediShare now has a new option for you. It's called MediShare 65 Plus, and MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. If you've got Medicare Parts A and B, MediShare 65 Plus fills in those gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too, because it starts at only $99 a month for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access, prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Just very worth looking into. MetaShare 65 Plus is taking applications now. And if you call with the promo code SHARE before January 31st, your second month will be free. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-S-H-A-R-E. 833-90-SHARE.
1: Well, welcome to the second half of To Every Man and Answer here on this Friday. I'm Scott Parker, in for Mike Kessler, and I am the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Festus, Missouri. And with me today is attorney Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. And so we are here to answer your questions on the Bible, the Christian faith, and especially if you have questions concerning uh, things concerning uh, legal issues. Uh, Brad is here to answer those questions as well. And so if you have a question, give us a call at 888-827-5276. And we're going to go to the phones. We have Susan on the line from right there where CSN is located in Twin Falls, Idaho. And Susan, how can we help you today? Hi, I
5: call in particular on this day because Brad is there. And yes. um, I, I would just like to know, I'm dealing with... um a lawsuit with a construction guy, and then I've also reported um, concerns to our state licensing bureau. And I know the builder did not is not did not follow codes he was supposed to, and um, consumer protection codes and also building codes. And then I'm finding out that um, the state license people, they are not like enforcing. Um, the codes that I know that are are there like in black and white and I know he didn't follow and they just either don't reply back to me at all or I um, have to keep calling and calling even to get a response and I just don't know like as I mean I forgive them like this whole mess but at the same time I just feel God wants me to still stand for what's right, not just for my own self, but for also other people. And so I just um, I'm wondering, you know, where you draw the line, or where you keep trying to get them to respond, um, you know, to my concerns. And I've I've been going up the you know chain of command and. I've contacted the governor's office and stuff and um they don't I'm still waiting for calls back
1: you know from mm, okay. their office.
2: So yeah, so that's
1: All right. Well, br- well, well Brad, can you help Susan out? Yeah,
2: this is not my my area of expertise. Uh that said I've been where you are before and uh someone put in a new air conditioning years ago, a new air conditioning system and with the condenser and the, the fan and all that stuff and um but i looked at it and i found out that they didn't match uh the the level um it did not make sense and and i uh, went and called the company they got it from and the company told me said yeah it was, it was weird we told them that these these don't go together but he said ah oh, the, the, the owner will never know and i said well thank you for telling me that because i am the owner and so I went ahead then and uh, filed a complaint with uh, ABC it's the Association of Building Contractors in uh, Sacramento, California, and uh, with the detailed of the violations of the code violations. And uh, and then they moved on it and they told him that he had to get everything fixed, do everything right. And uh, and he did. And uh, it's probably saved a lot of people from. Being taken advantage of by this guy. Um, I just, you know, I thought of all the, the people that would be or taken advantage. You wouldn't know different any differently. So, um, so that worked for me. Now you've got a situation where you said you've already filed your complaint with the contractors board. Um, and they're not responding. And, uh, you know, what you might want to do at this point is maybe to, to have an attorney, uh, send a detailed letter specifically citing the code violations and send that to the uh, contractors board. Uh, that may get them to to jump on it, to move on it, uh, and if they don't, then, you know, there's the possibility uh, of you being able to, uh, pursuant to your state law, and that's my qualifier, uh, to be able to uh, file a, a civil lawsuit, but that can be very costly. At the end of the day, it could cost you more, even if you prevail, uh, but that's sort of what the contractor's board is, is for, and uh, it may need a, a letter from an attorney specifically laying out the violations. Uh, for them to, to step up and, um, and do their job. Uh, what state are you in again? I'm in Idaho. Idaho. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know the law in Idaho on this. Um, I, I so I, I wish I could help you more on that, but just from the, that's sort of how, what I, that's sort of the process generally. But, um, but once again, I don't know Idaho law and I'm not sure there may be some other, uh, uh, parts of the process that uh, that I'm skipping
1: over. All right, Susan, does that help? Well,
5: not really, because I already have an attorney <laughs> dealing with the contractor. <laughs> and so it's like I've been put off two years to even get that part as a civil lawsuit. And so for me, like financially to keep paying my attorney to go to, you know, with the state or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, like I probably have ten thousand dollars in attorney fees already, trying to deal with the contractor and all of that. And yeah, how much did so, it cost
2: you the work contractor? How much did that cost you out of pocket?
5: Oh, the job itself. Yeah. Oh, it was like a thirty thousand dollars job, and mm. so and I tried. We tried to even, you know, pay him, you know, to have him go away as far as the contractor and what he did. And that was didn't work either. And he, I tried the claims and then he went ahead and got an attorney. And so then I had to get an attorney. Um, so, wow. yeah. So I already have a whole bunch of money in, in attorney fees. And it's over like $300 an hour, like for my attorney to write to do anything for me to talk to him
2: yeah, Yeah. Uh, yeah, You might want to talk to, if you have a contractor in your church to talk to them and just get some, some, uh, some good advice and counsel on, um, you know, to, to how viable, how strong of a case you have uh, just from someone who's not a party to it. Someone you can trust uh, that might be helpful. Uh, Attorneys sometimes have an incentive to, have conflict and uh, continue because the longer the conflict lasts, the more money they make. And, um, you know, it can become a very emotional thing. And in reality, sometimes, um, it's you're better off to, uh, to, to, not go down that road. Um, you know, I've seen that happen where the, uh, the attorneys win and the plaintiff and defendant lose both, uh, at the end of the day, because of all the costs involved. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm really sorry to hear about your situation. There's a lot of people who go through these kind of matters and um it's it can be very, very discouraging. But sometimes it can be helpful just to get some some wise counsel from someone who's really an expert and can say, hey, yeah, uh, this was a code violation or this was a minor code violation, or, you know, um and then also looking to to fix whatever they did wrong, uh it may make more financial sense for you to use the money that you may be spending on future attorneys just to have someone come in and and just uh, correct what was done. Um, I don't know how viable that is or not. There's some times in life, I'll, I'll be honest with you, where I have on more than one occasion, have said, you know what? I could sue this person and I'm an attorney. You know, I could sue this person, um, but it's not, worth, it's not worth it. It's not worth the headache. It's going to be a distraction to me and and what, what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm going to go ahead and let it, let it, uh, let it go. Um, sometimes, that's, uh, sometimes that's the best thing to do in the long run, but, um, you know, I, like I say, I don't, I don't know you. I don't know the situation, but I would get some, some counsel from a contractor that you can trust that is ideally a believer who's qualified and can really give you some just bottom line, uh, truth of as to, uh, the strength of your case and, um, and the extent to which, uh, you, you have it, you can win and, and the extent to which you can just get the matter corrected and move on.
1: Brad, that's great advice. And before we let Susan go, could you pray for her real quick that the Lord would just bring a resolve to this?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Father, we, um, uh, we know how, how just, uh, just tolling these matters can be on us mentally, emotionally, uh, even physically, Lord, you know, father, I know of people who've gotten in lawsuits and ended up with lupus and all kinds of medical things that just, uh, in the end of the day, it wasn't worth it, but yet, Father, we, uh, you're, you're the, you're omnipotent. You know everything. Um, and Father, uh, and you're all powerful. We pray, Lord God, for your intervention, uh, to, to bring this to a conclusion, Father, uh, to give, uh, wisdom and peace, uh, Lord to her and, and to, to give her, uh, good wise counsel, uh, also as well as to, to how to deal with this. But, uh, we pray for that contractor to, have can to be convicted about this um and to 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 do the right thing and even more importantly father if that contractor doesn't know you father we pray for him to come to jesus mm-hmm. um and uh for him to become uh, to know you as lord and savior cuz uh lord that's that's so important and um and uh, we uh we lift this up to you now father and uh and we uh, we uh thank you lord god for hearing our prayers and we just ask for your your intervention in your supernatural way And we pray for you to be glorified in the
1: process. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Susan, thanks so much for the call, and we hope uh, Brad's advice helped out. If you would, stay on the line, and we have some things we'd like to send to you that would be a help to you. Let's go ahead and now go to John from Grand Junction, Colorado. John, welcome to To Every Man and Answer. Hey, guys. Hello. How can we help? How are you? We're blessed. I've been
6: listening for years and years. Can you hear me good?
1: Yes, we sure can.
6: Nice. Um, The first caller you had, the lady that's going to go see the Lord, Um, I've had to deal with that. And uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes God keeps people around for a couple hours, whatever, I don't know, but for reasons that we won't ever know. Yeah. And uh, sometimes maybe we will know but and when the person that's getting ready to go uh tells the lord hey i'm ready then she's obviously a believer already so then the lord will take her Mm -hmm. and uh i know she don't want to watch her suffer but right there'll, there'll be a reason somewhere anyway it's hard to get to a question after yeah. listening to a call like that, but.
1: Right. Th- thanks, for, thanks for your words of encouragement uh, to her. Thank you.
6: I was wondering that. Um, I've been having feelings like I want all this stuff to happen. And I know I'm not supposed to think like that, but it's like, I want to say, I told you, you know, and it just <laughs> really, I mean, I know I'm supposed to pray about it and everything, but. I just, uh, you know, I just, I don't like the feelings of, because basically, I'm wanting, I'm wanting this stuff to
1: happen, you know. (laughs) And uh, now, now, John, what what stuff are you talking about? What what are we referring to? Oh,
6: all this, all this stuff in Revelation that's getting ready to happen, you know, and that's been happening, and now it's like. Man, if you can't see it at this point, I just, I don't know. You're not studying very hard, I guess. I don't know. Right, but, right. Yeah. And the Lord might take it a lot longer. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I have, I got to pray these feelings away or something, because I really don't want it to happen. But it's like my own mm-hmm. selfish greed. I want to prove it to people. And it's like, see, told you, you know. <laughs> and the other question, I, or comment i had the other day i called oh red seems to shut down the calls sometimes you know <laughs> i don't know how he does it but you just can't give up but anyway um it seems like everybody wants to pinpoint all these things that are getting ready to happen and it's like they can they can go for a certain amount of time before it gets so bad that they got to give it up or something you know and they want to know what to do (laughs) and it seems like to me you need to go get with god for a minute if you don't know what to do because i don't want to question somebody's salvation but it doesn't seem like you quite got it going on there if you're thinking that you know and uh, the feelings that i get are that if you if you're saved that's the reason, because God will answer all those feelings, and he'll start taking that stuff away if you ask him to. And, uh, you know, and if you're saved, you don't have to worry about it because
1: you're going to get to see it all. You know, you're not going to be left behind. Right, right. So, John, what's, what's the question that you have that we could help you with today?
6: Um, just what to do mostly with those feelings that
1: – Uh huh.
6: That what's well, getting ready to happen, and I wanna make it go away, of course, but so I pretty much yeah. know what I've got to do. I just gotta pray it away, and uh
1: <laughs> well, John, you know what Num- number one, I'd say this: I'd say there's there's nothing at all wrong with wanting uh to see the Lord come again, definitely, number one, um, and there's nothing wrong with having this feeling. You know, of really wanting to see the Lord, uh, bring the things he said to fruition. He's going to. He is doing it now. Uh, but you know, it, it reminds me, um, Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter eight that even the creation groans, uh, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And what that means is, the creation even, uh, because of the curse of sin upon it through man's disobedience to God, uh, is even looking forward to the, uh, renovation that Jesus is going to do to the planet, uh, when he comes the second time in his second coming to set up his kingdom. Um, and it's interesting because when he talks about the, 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 uh, creation is looking forward to the manifest, the manifestation of the sons of God, that's going to occur at the rapture when jesus comes before the tribulation raptures the church and all of those who belong to him the church the sons of god it's uh, speaking of there um are going to receive our new bodies and and everyone's going to know who we are and then at the end of the tribulation when we return with jesus uh we're going to we're going to return with him and the world's going to see Jesus, and they're going to see us with him. and we're going to be manifested to the world along with Jesus uh, that we are truly His people. And uh, so if if the creation itself longs for that day, there's nothing wrong for us longing for that day. You know, the thing we have to remember is God has a plan. He's laid that plan out for us very clearly through the prophetic scriptures, especially book of Revelation and in the Old Testament as well. In so many uh prophetic scriptures where he tells us what is going to happen. It is really interesting, John. I agree with you that um that I believe someone is really, really short-sighted uh if they look at the world today and they see what's going on. And if they can't look at their Bible and interpret what's happening in the world, yeah, I agree with you. I th- I think they're kind of clueless uh because what we see is going to happen in the book of Revelation, we're already seeing the precursors. We're seeing the preparation for so many things that are going to happen in this world during the tribulation. We see all of it coming together now. And so that tells us that the rapture of the church is close because that happens before the tribulation. So I don't think there's anything wrong at all with having this feeling of saying, Lord, Uh, in fact, you know, uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, John says, Lord, come quickly, (laughs) you know, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I think that should be for believers, especially living in this time should be the cry of our heart is Lord, we really want you to come quickly, you know, and uh, I don't think there's anything unnatural or wrong as we look at the world And especially we look at our Bible and we see what's going to happen and what is happening now for us to say, Lord, could you please just come and get us? Uh, But until then, we have to be patient and we have to uh, make sure uh, that we're we're doing the will of God uh, in this evil day that we live in. Paul talks about that when he speaks to the Ephesians and talks about walking carefully uh, in this time we live in. And uh, so it's important for us to focus on doing his will while we're here. And, and the most important thing I think is sharing the gospel with all we can while we can. And, uh, for that, John, I, I would point you, uh, to second Peter chapter three, uh, because in second Peter chapter three, uh, Peter's talking about the, the coming of the Lord. And what's interesting is he actually tells us why the Lord waits. You know, why, why does the Lord wait to come? You know, well, number one, we know he knows all things, and he's prophetically told us what's going to happen. We know all of that, but there's a really practical point that Peter makes when he talks about the coming of the Lord. He says this in verse nine, Second Peter three nine: The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us. He says, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the promise that he's speaking about there is the coming of the Lord. And why would the Lord delay his coming if it, or let me say it this way, if it appears that the Lord's delaying his coming, you know, if you and I look around and we see all these things happening in the world and we've got to be close to the tribulation, why is the Lord can't come yet? And it seems like he's delaying his coming. Well, the only reason is, is because God loves sinners. <laughs> you see, God loves unbelievers, and he's giving men time to repent. And so, you know, when we think about that um, as last days believers in this world right now, and we see what's going on in the world, really what that should do is that should motivate us to, number one, pray for unbelievers, especially those unbelievers in our lives, whether they're family members, co-workers, friends, neighbors. Who don't know Jesus. We don't want to see them left behind when the rapture happens to have to endure the tribulation period and that time of judgment. And so we need to pray for them. And then what we need to do is we need to share the gospel with them. And I think second Peter three nine is just a really good answer to those feelings that we have of come quickly, Lord Jesus. Why, why does it seem like you're delaying? You know, would you please come? And uh, all he has to do is point us to the scripture to say, I'm just I'm I'm giving time for people to come to, rep- to to repentance because I love them. And that's why I sent my son to die. And so, Brad, what would you have to say to John about this real quick?
2: Yeah, I think you did a great summary there. Just uh, believers, sometimes we can get so uh, focused on the revelations and what's happening. It can actually burden us. It can bring us down. It can cause fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline, or sound mind. Um, and so when we see these things happening, it should quicken us to take our faith all the more seriously, living our faith, sharing our faith, but at the same time, um, have a joy, uh, knowing yeah. what is possibly right around the corner. Um, his peace was, is sufficient. And, um, he is our Lord and we can count on him no matter what happens what we go through and uh um yeah it's uh it's an exciting time that for such a time as this where we are uh no one knows exactly when Jesus is coming so we need to to live each each day responsibly and uh you know we shouldn't uh you know just uh, do radical things There was a group in the late 1800s and they thought for sure Jesus was coming so they didn't have any children at all and their <laughs> their little uh, denomination died out literally right. um so we want to be Level-headed, live each day, uh, not based on the speculation, but also be spurred
1: on in our faith as we see see uh, what's what's happening, what's approaching. Amen. Thanks, Brad, for that comment. And John, thanks for the call. If you would wait on the line there, the folks at CSM would love to send you some goodies out in the mail. And let's go to Kirk before we wrap up the program in Reno, Nevada. So, Kirk, welcome to the program.
6: I want you get your perspective uh biblically and legally uh, regarding officiating a, a wedding if you are not a pastor.
1: Okay. We're gonna give that to Brad in just a moment. But Kirk, can I ask this question? Um but when it comes to this question, let me ask this. Um what would be the what would be the case if there's a case you're dealing with where someone would want to get married and not it not be a pastor? Are, are you dealing with that, or are you involved in some kind of situation like that?
6: Uh, potentially, yes, family member. Um, so yes, uh, we do attend church. Christian folks uh, believe in Christ, and, and, and we'll just go down that road. But the 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 choice is not to have a pastor present and do this uh, outside of the church, um, you know, at one of the local places here.
1: Okay. Well, Brad, I'm going to give this to you to answer the legal aspect of this. And then if we have enough time, I may add something, uh, as far as from a past perspective. So go ahead, Brad. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Legally, I mean, you know, you could, uh, go down to the courthouse clerk and fill out the papers and legally, you know, be done. Um, it could be very quick and simple. Uh, that's legally the most really the most important, though, is the spiritual aspect—the covenant that you make before God—and uh, that's why I think it's particularly personal. And I think valuable to have uh, someone there who is uh, who's a, who a minister to help solemnize the event and the the uh, the spiritual nature of the event and the covenant that that takes place before God. Uh, but on the legal side, you know, states allow you to uh, to be legally married. You don't even have to have a ceremony. You can just go right on down, fill out the papers, and uh, be done with it. Uh, so the real question isn't so much on the legal. I think really it's on the, uh, the spiritual and what, what glorifies God wants to be glorified in everything. Um, and uh, I, I think I so believe that includes marriage, uh, the covenant, uh, the spiritual covenant of marriage. It's not an agreement. It's not a contract. It's a covenant before God between two people. It's a, tri, a, a tri-covenant, if you will. So, uh, so because of that, I believe that um, yeah, min- uh, it, it's it makes a lot of sense to uh, to do uh, a minister for a wedding. I'm I'm commissioned for ministry, uh, fully. So I've uh, I've done one one wedding, and um, it was my only wedding, the most uh, challenging, one of my most challenging experiences in life. I was afraid I was going to drop the ring and, and reverse the i do's, and you know, uh, wow. but God was there and He was glorified in the whole process.
1: Well, Brad, thanks for the advice and uh, the insight there. Welcome, and thanks for joining us for the program today, Kirk. Thanks for the call, and we'll be back with you on Monday, or actually, I think on Tuesday, for more to Everyman and Answer. God bless, and have a blessed weekend. a copy
0: of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.